Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me today for the second half of my conversation with Joshua's mom, Michelle Moore. If you didn't get to hear last week's episode, I hope you'll go back and listen to hear a very practical discussion about moving forward in our grief. Not moving on, mind you, but moving forward. There's a difference. In today's conversation, we discuss Michelle's newly published Bible study, A Race Well Lived. We will pick up today's conversation right where we left off last week. So thank you so much for sharing that forward acronym with us. I want to kind of move on from here into your book. (laughs) I I wrote a book. Yeah. Does it still sound funny to even think about calling it my book? Um, I still struggle. I call it Joshua's book. Right. Or that book that God wrote. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right. Um, I have wanted to write a book since I was eight. I was eight years old. Yeah, talk about that. So I had Barbies growing up, and I wasn't allowed scissors, so I folded paper until I I creased it and creased it and creased it until I could tear it very gently, and it was small enough to fit in their hands. And so my Barbies had whole libraries, no shoes, but plenty of books. Yeah, I love it. And over the years, I've tried writing here and there, and nothing really felt right. And and if I'm being honest, there was a time when I listened to some lies that said, you know, Joshua had to die for me to write a book and that if I hadn't wanted to write a book, he wouldn't have died. And we all know that's not true. No. And we know that in grief, our hearts are very tender and very susceptible. Yes. That's why it's so important that we stay in God's word and anchor them in truth, Absolutely. anchor our hearts in what he says. So after Joshua passed, I started running and then I started thinking about all the similarities between running a race and living Yes, and, and living a race towards heaven. So I started putting it on paper. Yeah. So how long of a was how long of a process was it from the time you started putting it on paper to when this book was published? It probably took about a year to get it all on paper, like to write it all out. And then um there was a few months of some reformatting and changing and tweaking. And then there was a couple of years of waiting with COVID. And so it it finally came out last August. Uh And I'm I'm actually sitting here looking at a copy. Sometimes I still am a a little (laughs) bit, it seems very surreal still. Yes. Oh, I'm sure. So this is a wonderful Bible study that you have written. Um, And it's interesting to me, it's not a Bible study that's specifically for bereaved parents. That is not the topic of the study. But because you are a bereaved mom yourself, it is woven throughout, starting even from the cover. Talk about the cover. And I know our listeners can't see it, but uh, I think you can describe it. I can describe it. So the cover is the silhouette of someone very special. It is Joshua's silhouette. It's a picture that was taken while he was running in a race. Joshua was a cross-country runner. 
and um, someone had taken this picture and a friend of ours pulled the picture off and turned it into a silhouette for the cover of the book. When I was working on the title, I probably played around with 30 or 40 titles. It was hard. Yeah. Until I thought about how he had lived his race so well and I wanted to live mine well. Yes. That's where the idea came from of a race well lived because he did and now I want to. Yes. Yes. Not that he was perfect. No. <laughs> no right. Anyway, to think he was perfect. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, the title is A Race Well Lived. And really, that's what this Bible study encourages you to do from the very beginning to the end. And I love that the entire study is built around this racing theme or running theme. And it's a 13 week study that you can work through on your own or in a with others in a group. And one of my favorite things is that each week is divided into four sections. So if you are a busy mom, like most of us are, (laughs) if you are a busy mom, like most of us are, uh, with things going on and and work and, and all the things that we're involved with, if you only have four days a week to do this Bible study, you can do it. So you can kind of pick your four days and and make it work for you. So talk about the structure of those four days a little bit. Okay. I loved that you mentioned it's not specifically for grieving parents. That's our story. But the reality is that everybody's race is difficult for different reasons, some due to chronic illness and some due to marital issues and some due to financial strain. We all have difficulties in life. And and we know from James and we know from Matthew that life is going to be hard. Yes. How are we going to get through it? So while it wasn't specifically for grieving parents, I did weave our grief into the story because that's where I learned so many things. So yes, each week is running with something, running with discipline or with perseverance or without baggage. And then each week is divided into four days. Day one is a warm up because you have to warm up before you start running. And so that's something fairly easy. It's mostly anecdotal. It's mostly our personal experiences or stories about Joshua, stories about our daughter, stories about running with kids half my age. (laughs) Yes. I have zero athletic ability. So it's, it's very interesting that the whole book revolves around a race theme, but it does. Um, So mostly that's just personal stuff. Days two and three are titled meet the pacer. And that is our opportunity to, to dig into scripture. I, I really believe it's so important that we're in scripture and we're learning There's a reason that God gave us all of the stories that he gave us and all of the examples. We can learn a tremendous amount from people who have traversed this before us. And so in an effort to not make it too long for for working moms and, you know, because we're all very busy, I went ahead and divided the Bible study section into two portions. So it's a read and answer some some of the questions that are straight out of scripture, but some that are more reflective. You know, we talk about Job and Joseph. We talk about Jesus. We talk about Paul, all of those people that we can learn from. And then I'm a teacher. 
And so I'm always about the personal application. Now what? What do I do with this now that I've learned? And so day four is some kind of challenge, something that I can go out into the world and do for someone else to help me grow. So it may be a book to read, or it may be a letter to write. It may be a conversation with somebody, but it's just some challenge to get us outside of our comfort zone a little bit, not too much, just a little, and to help us run our own races the way God designed us to run them. Yes. I love that action step at the end of each week. You know, that, that, okay, here's what you've learned. Here's what we've talked about. Here's what you've studied. Now do something with it. I don't think there's very many Bible studies that do that. You know, it's just that little extra step that is really special. So I love that, that you included that in there. So in your book, um, in one part of it, you talk about the concept of drafting. What do you mean by the term drafting? And, um, and how have you seen that played out in your life? So I was first introduced to drafting because my husband is a NASCAR fan and I'm not. Yes. And so watching them drive so close to one another was terrifying for me. And Michael explained how I don't understand all the words. It has to do with differentials and aerodynamics and other words that I cannot explain. So the simple version that my head can grasp is that one car will tuck in behind another car And they will save energy because they don't have that, they're not fighting the wind. Later on in the race, they'll pull out, they've got more fuel, they've got everything they need to pull ahead and win the race. I came across the term again when I started running. Runners will do the same thing. They will tuck in behind another runner and they will not have to deal with the wind resistance. They can save their own energy And then when they get closer towards the end of the race and they feel ready, they can pull out, give it that last spurt of energy and and take off because they've saved some. Well, I got to thinking about how Christianity is the same. I mean, we should be drafting one another. When Michael and, and I lost Joshua, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to handle it, and we floundered for a while um, until one day somebody said something to us about while we're waiting, and we thought, okay, this is something we need to look into, and when we came to our first parent retreat, we found so much love and grace. We were poured into in such big ways. We drafted behind you guys. We tucked in because we didn't have the energy or the strength. We couldn't see far enough ahead to know what we should be doing or how. And we tucked in behind you guys and the Browns and we just watched. We just watched and we listened. We tried to pay attention to scriptures that you guys were finding comfort in or or stories that you would share and And we just waited and we just did that for a while because we were tired. We were too tired to be able to run alone. And then one day, somebody in Northwest Arkansas reached out because they had lost a child and we talked. And then later, somebody else reached out and we talked. And as we became stronger from drafting behind you guys, 
our prayer was that we could pull out, not to leave you, not to pass you, <laughs> but to run alongside of you and so that others could draft behind us. Mm-hmm. And the rest of that story is that we were drafting behind people that were ahead of us. You right. know, when you met us, there were others there that we were drafting behind. And so, um, you know, I just, I love that concept and that idea. And uh, you talk about that in your book. And I, I think that's something that we can all strive to to be eventually, uh, you know, when we're early on in our grief, we have to draft behind others. Like you said, we're not strong enough and we can, we can get in and tuck in behind somebody who's stronger and just kind of, kind of learn from them and, and observe them. And until eventually we're able to pull out a little bit on our own and then people can draft behind us. So I love that concept and it all comes from leaning into the Lord and trusting yes. him and and looking to him ultimately for our healing understanding that our healing doesn't fully happen until we have that moment where we are reunited with our kids uh but in the meantime i love that idea of drafting while we're waiting i don't know if i ever shared with you but i i've never forgotten the conversation that michael and i had on our way home from our parent our first parent retreat and we talked about the hope because tucking in behind you guys drafting behind y'all gave us hope you guys were further along you had not moved on you guys had not said well this is just our life and there's nothing we can do about it you had leaned into god and you had sought out his will and you were all striving to live well. And watching y'all laugh and watching the people around us find ways to be joyful in this life brought us so much hope. And there is so much value in finding that. There's a tremendous mm, amount of yes. value in finding hope that we, we will be okay. We will not be the same as we were before. We will forever be changed, but we will be okay. And listening, especially to Michael talking about the hope that he found there was so encouraging. It's hard to watch your spouse suffer and not be able yes. to fix it. It's so hard. And I've never forgotten that conversation or the hope that we found that weekend. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's that's a blessing to hear. I, I love that. Now, in the conclusion of your book, you contrasted two different experiences that you had running past that spot where Joshua met Jesus. Can you talk about those experiences? Sure. Um, it took me a long time to share those experiences because they were very different and and very personal. I can remember one day right around Christmas that the weather had gotten really cold and it. we talked about knowing the difference between I need to get out and run and I need to rest and knowing what my body is telling me and I knew that I needed to run. I knew that my fatigue and the sadness that I was feeling was related a lot to the fact that 
had it been running as much as possible. The temperatures had been dipping below 30 and I just don't like to run in the cold and that particular Christmas was coming. It's just a hard time. And I remember telling myself I had to go. I had to go. And um, I forced myself. I, I put on my running clothes. I just finished wrapping some presents. I put on my running clothes and it had begun to, it had stopped drizzling for just a little bit. And I knew this was my opportunity. And so I took off and took off running. And, and I, again, felt like I had 50 pound weights on both arms and both legs. And, and I started for that spot. I just needed to be where Joshua met Jesus. I have not found a lot of comfort in going to the cemetery, but I would find myself drawn to the place where he was rewarded. And so I took off running and and I'll, I'll be honest, I really thought I was going to have to call my husband to come and get me. I did not think I was going to make it. I was running and the tears were just pouring down my face. And I'm sure that if anybody had, had driven by, they would have wondered what on earth was wrong with me. But I kept going. I kept going. And we hadn't seen the sun in days. We just had not seen it. It had been dreary. And I kept going. And, and I... I was getting close enough and I thought, okay, I can make it. I can do this. And um, I think God um, is so amazing. Just as I got to that spot, the sun came out. Like just for the briefest of seconds, the sun came out and it was shining. And I kind of looked up at the sky and I said, okay, God, I see what you did there. And it just lifted my spirits. It just lifted them so much. And and I turned around and I headed back home. And of course, I'm two miles from the house. And I'd gone about a half a mile. And it starts to drizzle <laughs> again. And I'm thinking, yeah, right. God's got such a sense of humor. It didn't dampen my spirits at all. Uh, it definitely picked up my pace. I definitely oh, sure. got home quicker than I got out. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, uh, because it was in the 30s, right? It was in the 30s. It was so yeah. cold that morning, and my heart was so heavy. I thought, well, I run. I just need to run. I just need to spend some time with God. And I remember just feeling so much lighter when I when I got back home. And the following spring, I got up one morning and went out for my usual run. And as I was running, I was thinking back on that morning and just thinking about the difference that that time can make in healing. It's so hard to see it from day to day. It's so hard to see it in the moment and in the trenches. And as a teacher, my world has always been wrapped around school calendars. And so I've always looked at time from that perspective. But time really does, it doesn't heal all wounds. It changes them. And I remember running that morning and just, I didn't have the 50 pound weights and, and I, and I'm running along and I'm, I'm so thankful to God for providing all that he provides. Yeah. Amen. I think sometimes, like you said, we can't see our own healing because we're just too close to it and we can't see that time does change things until we have two experiences like that, that have some space of time between them. Right. And we can think, wow, okay, well, I'm doing this now. 
and I'm better than I was a year ago when I did this. Um, I think that's a a great point to make. And like you said, time doesn't heal all wounds. I I don't agree with that either. It doesn't. Um, But it does change them. And time with God does bring healing. It does. It does. No, I don't think there will ever come a day that I am on this earth that I will not miss Joshua. And I don't want right. to. I mean, I don't want exactly to get over losing him. Right. Grief, and, and, and we've talked about it at support group meetings and retreats, but grief is the price that we pay for the, the depth of the love that we have for someone. And to yes. grieve Joshua means that I loved him immensely. I, yes. I don't want to be over that. I don't want that wound to be healed. I want to grow from it. I want to be able to live well, and I want to be able to point other people to Jesus. But I don't want to wake up one morning and and wipe the sweat from my forehead and think, wow, whew, that's over. Did that. Woohoo, that grief race is done. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I can remember early on, though, in my grief, wishing that it could be over. Yes. (laughs) Wishing that somehow I would I would someday get to the end of my grief and I would be able to say, whew, thank goodness I've gotten through that. But now over time, I'm like you. I, I always I know that I will always miss Hannah and I am okay with the fact that I'm always going to miss Hannah. And and yes. I want to um, until I see her again. There will be a day that I don't have to miss her anymore because I will be with her and you'll be with Joshua. And that is a wonderful thing to look forward to. It is. And, and one of the stories that I think about in Scripture is when Joseph was reunited with his father and they wept. And I think about what a beautiful reunion that was between father and son. Growing up, I read that story. It meant very little to me. Oh, that's sweet. Look, it's a Hallmark movie. Now, that word weeping and the depth of what that word means, I when I read that, that scripture, I feel that in my bones. And I yes. know that there will come a day when I too have that reunion and how beautiful that is going to be. There aren't words. There just are not words to explain what that's going to feel like. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I could just sit and soak in that for a little while (laughs) Mm -hmm. thinking about that. Yeah. I love that. So we're about to wrap up our conversation. How can people get a copy of your book? Um, so you can get it on Amazon. It's called A Race Well Lived. It's actually the only book with that title. And All right. So, Good. Yep. And if you go to smile.amazon.com, you can also contribute to a nonprofit when yes. you purchase a copy. And, and which, which nonprofit would you recommend? I would recommend While We're Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Definitely. we appreciate that when people do that for sure. Um, and then, I, and I will put a link. I'll I'll find the Amazon link directly to your book, and I'll put that in the show notes so people can find it easily. Um, 
And in fact, I'll also put the Amazon Smile information for while we're waiting in case mm-hmm. somebody wants to sign up for that. Yes. Um, you also have a blog and you write fairly regularly in your blog. So where can people find your blog? I do have a blog. It is called With Eyes on the Cross. Also took a long time to title the blog. I want so much to do everything with my eyes focused on the cross with the salvation that that Jesus has already given us. And so it is www.witheyesonthecross.com. All right. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well to make it easy for people to find. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Michelle. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we go? No, thank you for this opportunity. Um, I do believe strongly that regardless of what we are going through, there is someone else, someone out there who has already been through it that can help us. And so whatever the struggle is, I just, I pray that anybody who's listening will seek out someone that can walk alongside of them, someone they can draft behind, someone who's going to point them to the cross and, and help them lean into God. Absolutely. Yes, that's my prayer as well. All right. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review, and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it. We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.